Hello, everyone. It's Max Bretos. You are bearing witness to the rebirth of Inside LAFC podcast. Mark two, as we take an exciting new direction, we will still have all the access to the players and coaches of LAFC. But starting today, we will be joined by some of the great legacy players that have come through the doors at BMO Stadium. Before I get to that, and we will reveal the special guests for this opening week. By the way, this is episode 101 of Inside LAFC. I dropped the ball last week. It was episode 100 and did not mention it. So this is episode 101, which is going to be better than episode 100 because we have two guests and two very excellent guests, including head coach Steve Chirundolo. We will talk to Steve, the gaffer, about the incredible opening fixture against the Seattle Sounders and preparing for week two and looking to build momentum and a winning streak in a season where they are uber-focused on the MLS calendar here in March and April coming up. We now will start turning towards the legacy. For episode 101, a very special guest. You know him, you love him. And Inside LAFC podcast starts right now. And there he is. There is the special guest, LAFC fullback for 2018 and 2019, joining us here on Inside LAFC. It's Stephen Beta, sure, or a, of course, affectionately known as Beta. Does anyone ever call you Stephen anymore? No, uh, no, no. It's it's uh, <laughs> unless your immediate family. It's very rare and weird if I hear someone say Stephen. So yes, Beta. Uh, it's good to be here. Good to see you. It's good to it's good to see you too, and the the incredible beta career, which is like over three hundred appearances. I had it up here, and a variety of clubs, including two memorable seasons. Uh, forgive me while I put this on two memorable seasons at LAFC. Uh, you have concluded a career that went back to two thousand ten with the earthquakes, and now you're you're moving into general population. How does that feel? Yeah, it feels good. Uh, I just got back from my. My son's soccer practice, and so now I'm on the other side, you know, uh, watching and cheering him on, and it's fun. It's uh, it's very early in the retirement stages, but the body feels good. I got to tell you, it's it's nice not having to roll out of bed and pain and aches and all that stuff. So that that part's definitely nice. You're gonna miss it, I'm sure. I mean, what is it like that for an athlete? Because I mean, that's all you've really known professionally. Yeah, And I know you mentioned it's a nice so you can spend time with your family, but that's got to be a, a shock to the system. Yeah, you know, uh, it is a shock uh, to the system. I am enjoying it, though. Uh, having weekends, it's pretty weird. Like, you know, we went we went up to the mountains and uh, took the kids skiing, which, you know, in our contract, we weren't allowed to. So for however many years, can't go skiing, you don't have weekends, so you can't even <laughs> plan that trip. So it's, it's pretty nice living a little bit of a, a normal life. Um, but I'm, I'm sure, give it a few more months, uh, keep watching these games. Obviously, opening weekend was this past weekend, but uh, I'll start missing it more. Um, but right now, I'm enjoying it. I'd be a horrible athlete, man. I would do a sneaky ski trip for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and get in a lot of trouble. I'm Any sure sneaky ski few. trips? Uh, there motorcycle a, rides? There's a few that did the motorcycles and skateboards and jet skis, I'm sure. But uh, I, I followed the rules. 
Well, this is part of uh, what this is a very interesting moment, I think, for LAFC. And now they're heading into year seven and there is a history. And, you know, I talked to a lot of the supporters, Beta, and they gravitate towards it. They wanted a history from day one. But, you know, you have to earn that. You have to build that foundation. And now they they see it. And I know that they will be thrilled to see. Uh, someone like you who spent two very important years in 2018, 2019. Uh, someone who's had a good look at Major League Soccer. How did those two years, I mean, take us back to the time you found out when you were going to be playing for LFC and those two years, how they shaped you and the way you look at the sport? Yeah, I mean, it was two of my favorite years in my 14-year professional career in MLS. Um, you know, I was coming from uh, Toronto FC in 2017 where – we had just won the trouble. We won everything. Um, and that was a free agent. And, you know, I, I got the call. Agent said, you know, LAFC is interested. And a little bit of back and forth. It's always tough to leave a championship team. Um, and you're going into an expansion team where it's a bit unknown. But from day one, everything LAFC did, um, they did right. You know, the the logo, the, the colors, the owners, you know, their first signing, uh, the coach, everything they were doing. Uh, you could tell they meant business. And I think that's what really attracted me. Like, you know, they they wanted to win from the start. Uh, I've played for teams where, you know, let's let's try to make the playoffs. And I was like, man, that's it's weird when you hear them say that. Um, and then you have teams like LAFC, like, no, we have to win MLS Cup. Like, <laughs> you ex- you're expected to make the playoffs. Like, that's the very least. Crazy. But we're going for it. MLS Cup. We're going for the championship. I was like, yeah, that's that's what I want to be a part of. So it was, it was really cool first two years. 2019 was a historic year, but 2018, I mean, that was the target, right? They go, no, we're going for it. I mean, I'm sure they didn't want to talk about it publicly, but yeah. they built a team that yeah. said, we're going to compete. And they made the postseason. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know how close they would have come, but they were certainly one of the five or six teams that you would have given a shot ahead of those playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, that was a record year as well, you know, for an expansion team. Most points by an expansion team in MLS history. Uh, St. Louis almost caught us. <laughs> they almost caught us last year. But, um, you know, again, Open Cup, we were one penalty kick away from going to the finals, hosting in LA against the Philly team at the time. That was just no good. I think Houston ended up, um, when beating Philly in the finals, like three, nothing or something. So, uh, you know, again, to go into that first year in 18, to set the record for points by an expansion team and one kick away really from having o- open cup championship. I know we still have to play the game in the final, but if Houston dominated Philly like that at home, I'm pretty sure we would have done even more. So uh, no question. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great first start. Uh, it was a great first start and just the craziest, unluckiest game against Salt Lake at home. Uh, you know, I think we gave up two shots on goal, yet we conceded three goals. Uh, it's just one of those things where you you can't really explain it. Um, and and that's just how the game goes. And then 2019, everyone remembers that year. That was just the year where every record was being broken. It was, it was quite remarkable. Uh, Beta, I remembered the field club after that Real Salt Lake game. We're going to talk about that because that's the game LAFC has coming up. Mm-hmm. But I remember seeing you. You're the first person I saw. You came out and you were just shell-shocked. Yeah. I mean, because you're always very cordial and friendly, and it was a different Beta. That had to – I mean, that had to be one of those losses that really, really stung. 
Yeah, I, I don't take losses well. Um, playoff losses are even something whole nother level. And yeah, we were all just shell shocked. Like they, they really didn't dominate. They didn't have many chances. But you know, Krylak, it was just one of those games. This guy has two unreal well, one unreal goal the other it's one all, it's all coming back beta yeah i know it's, <laughs> you know it was just a, a little mistimed header by one of our defenders and he, all of a sudden he's 1v1 with tyler and slots it away and then the other one just a karate kick goal top of the box and then the the third one i think was the one that hit walker in the face and then goes in the goal like come on like really oh that was a tough one that that still hurts when i think about that because i i really think we could have made a deep run. I, I think we should have won open cup if we just made that one penalty kick in Houston. It was the fifth one. And then if, if we get past salt Lake, it's almost like, okay, we've won in the playoff. We've got that, you know, monkey off the back. We can make a deep run. And then 2019, 100% we're winning everything. 100%. So but that's well, the game for you. we're going to have you back. We want to talk about 2019, but I want to focus here on 2018. Okay. And it's some parallels to this 2024 season where LAFC opened against the Sounders, albeit up at their place in 2018. Mm-hmm. And then there was a road trip, which I remember I attended, and I'll talk to you in a second, to Real Salt Lake, which is what LAFC are doing for their first road trip. But going back to Seattle, and we already talked about the expectations for this club and how they wanted to reach new heights, to really push the envelope. And they certainly did. They certainly did, getting a win at Seattle. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I was there. I was covering it for ESPN. I didn't expect to see that. And yet, you guys acted like this was on the on the books. Uh, how confident were you heading into that game? So, in 2018, we, we didn't know how good we were going to be. Uh, just because I think we tied every single game in preseason that year. Uh, we didn't win any. We didn't lose any. So, not bad, but not great. So, everyone knew going into Seattle was going to be a tough place to play. Um, And when we got that first goal, it was almost like, okay, now let's just hold on for dear life. It was our first game together. We were actually playing really well up until that point. And then I remember we kind of said, okay, let's, let's hold on now. And it was pretty early in the game. It wasn't like it was the 80th (laughs) minute or something like that. It was, it was early first half. I think it was what, 21st, 22nd minute. Um, and then we were just holding on. Tyler made some great saves. Uh, Laurent made some great slides and saves. And we were just holding on for dear life. And that's, you know, that was kind of indicative of that year of like, all right, we're not going to dominate like we did in 19. But in 18, we 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 knew how to tough it out. Um, and then, like you mentioned, then we go into Salt Lake, which is also another tough place to play. And yeah. Well, let me ask you about the the win in Seattle, because you were involved in the Rossi goal. And by the way, if Diego Rossi was still playing for LFC, they wrote a, the 3252, the supporters, they have a song about it, which I yeah. love. It goes, oh, Diego Rossi, he scored the first goal against the Sounders. So that would still be here if Diego Rossi was here. But, you know, that's that is one of the famous goals. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not the Gareth Bale goal. But, I mean, I think when you talk LFC supporters, that yeah. first one, and Adrian Healy famously saying, you'll never forget your first People haven't forgotten it, but you were you you were involved in that goal because I remember you were certainly involved in the celebration. But yes. remind me, you were popping up there. <laughs> I was definitely involved in the celebration. the The goal it started off on the right side. Um, you know, I found Mark Anthony K in the sixth pocket who got it to Vela. Vela put the ball through the guy's legs to Rossi on the run touch, little whip around Stephen Fry. So, uh, I, you know, 
I don't get an assist or anything for it, but that's just part of the way we play. We go from one side, drag them all over, and then when we have a numerical advantage on the other side, let's get the ball quickly to the other side. And that's something that, you know, Bob did a great job in such a short time getting us to to produce that and have that mindset. Okay, we're stuck on this side. Don't force something. Find your pivot, get to that weak side eight, make a good run in behind, and boom. It, we executed it for for being together for such a short period of time. We executed very well. Uh, your relationship with Bob, that was a big part why you came, correct? And how was that relationship uh, uh, even now? I mean, obviously, I know it's a small community. People stay in touch. Yeah. But uh, he, I, I would imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he he was a big part in John, too, saying we need this guy. Yeah. We want to compete. He is a great MLS campaigner, great fullback. This is the guy we need to have. And you played a lot, certainly, throughout 2018. Yeah, yeah. I have so much respect for Bob. Um, and I almost actually joined him at Staubach before I went to the Whitecaps. So when I was a free agent from San Jose, a lot of people – To play out there. To play out there, yeah. Yeah. So I think that was in 2014. I almost went out there. Um, And so, you know, obviously he was was keen on me and the way I played, and I respected him so much just because of, you know, of his pedigree and what he did for the U.S. national team. Obviously I followed them um, very closely. And so when the time came up where he's like, yeah, you know, I want Steven around and um, I'm sure being on a team with Michael, his son, he watched a lot of our games. And uh, when he showed that interest again, I, that definitely helped bring me over there because I, I think he's such a great teacher of the game. Um, the, the amount of detail that he coaches with is truly incredible. And I think that's why you saw us have so much success so quickly, which is pretty rare. I know St. Louis uh, had a really good last year, but you know, outside of those two teams, you don't see it too often that teams come in with such success. I think there was an, an idea when Atlanta had a great expansion season and then LAFC that every team that came in was going to do well, but it hasn't been the case. St. Louis bucked the trend. Yeah. Uh, and I, and that's the way it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to be so good as an expansion team. So historically, you can really hang on to that if uh, you're an LAFC fan looking back at what they were able to do. By the way, Bob's back in Norway. If you want to do a road trip, I'm down, man. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go visit. <laughs> Uh, LAFC uh, by the way this the next game which to me I remember very clearly too because you just had this great result and you're like all right win at Seattle they can't keep it up so not only did LAFC go and I remember I was there we were doing some content and I interviewed Tyler Miller I go uh what are your expectations for today he goes our expectations are to win I was like oh okay I mean it was just I know players say that but it struck me even harder because it was said with such conviction yeah and not only did LAFC win, they won 5-1. Yeah. By the way, as you'd be pointing out a lot this week, LAFC, seven games in Salt Lake, seven wins. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, you just played in Colorado. Uh, but let's talk about that game. I mean, what was – you guys get off the plane, another road trip, because remember they're building the stadium at BMO yeah. Stadium wasn't quite ready, so it was road trip for the first month or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys were locked in again. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I – had the same mindset as Tyler saying, yeah, we're going in, we're going to win. Um, I always know that. I say that now because he was hundred percent right. They won. <laughs> he was right. But I just know going on the road, regardless of where it is, it's going to be a tough environment. You know, you're the way team and it's, it's tough to have that mentality. You know, when we went to Seattle, it's tough to say, we're going to go in there and beat you guys. When you go into Salt Lake, another really good team, it's tough to say, Hey, we're going to go in there and beat you guys. You kind of go in there, not going for the draw, but not to get beat. 
and then hopefully you have a chance or two where you can sneak out a win. Um, I did not think that it was going to be a goal, a two goal, three, four, five goals. I was, I was probably shocked as much as you or any other uh, person watching that game was. And um, I think that that moment was when we were like, huh, we might be, <laughs> we might be pretty good to put up five on the road against a very good Salt Lake team. Um, yeah, that, that was fun and impressive. And I think it shocked all of us. You're adapted to the altitude. You live in Colorado. That's why you mentioned skiing. So, you know, yes. good living post-career, hitting the mountains. What is I – mean, maybe I should ask the LAFC guy because they're, anyone who's played for LAFC, I mean, they've had issues in, with the Rapids, but not with Real Salt Lake. What is preparing uh, – and I, now that you can see it from the other side, but preparing for where the air is very thin? Yeah, it's, it's definitely difficult. It definitely is on the mind of players – there's no real way to prepare for it unless you go like a week in advance um, in which teams just, you, you can't, right. You, you're playing the Saturday before and you have training and all that stuff at home. And then you go the day before typically um, it, it's, it, it's just tough. It's tough whether you have the ball and you're trying to make uh, attacking runs and overlaps for fullbacks or whether the other team has the ball, the home team has the ball and you're just defending for dear life and you can't catch your, your breath. You know, you're almost, you're waiting for your second win, but it just takes so much longer when you're playing in the altitude like that. Um, I, I always did find it was more difficult to play in Colorado for whatever reason than Salt Lake, but you definitely noticed it in Salt Lake as well. That's interesting. And I think, I mean, both clubs have enjoyed great home field advantages. Little rail Salt Lake last season, not as much. And we'll see what happens here on Saturday. It's an early kickoff. I don't know how that's going to manifest itself, mm-hmm. but food for thought. This LAFC club, as it's moved on, after you parted ways, uh, seeing what they have been able to do, and obviously we all know what happened in 2022, but maintaining a high standard, I mean, which you know, it's never really promised to anyone. The dip could come. It might, I don't know when. It, maybe yeah. it never comes. Yeah. How have you seen how this club is, has gone about it, its way in the two years since you played, or the years since you played those two years? Yeah. Uh, they've done everything right. They've, they've, uh, They've learned from past. They've learned from any small mistakes that they've made. And they, for the most part, try to do everything right. Um, even when players go, it's like, man, uh, they're, they're just filling the gaps, uh, whether it's from, from me to other players, to midfielders, to forwards, uh, you know, even to, to Carlos Vela, one of the best players our league has ever seen, one of the best players who for LAFC, um, you know, they, they got Boong over here uh, just filling in his shoes, which is some big shoes to fill. And so uh, it's it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable to watch. Obviously, as a past player, it has a special place in your heart. But then even when you're on another team and you're watching, you're like, man, the way they play, it's, it's pretty. It's fun to watch. It's enjoyable. And that's, that's how the beautiful game is supposed to be played. Fond memories of Carlos Vela, I presume? Yes, yes, very, very fond memories. He's he's one of those guys I I still text to this day. Just a good guy, um, you know, a good family guy, uh, and just so talented. And nothing really phases him, which is which is really remarkable. Such a good leader and leads by example. Not a real vocal, and I'm gonna rah rah and and pump you up. But it's like, man, when this guy's showing up and running and tackling your best player, like. Who are you to not give that same effort? And so 
definitely, I love love Carlos and such a good person. He's so consistent. I think that's a great point. You see, and there's no ups and downs. It's Carlos. He's yeah. on this level, and you meet him there, and which is good because in those moments where you you need to be comforted, uh, he's a rock. He's certainly yeah. a rock, and I, I think uh, obviously the biggest part of LAFC uh, in their in their very short history, but that will maintain moving forward. You you had a chance to see the LFC Seattle game. Um, any anything stick out about what this uh, what the club was able to do week one? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I think the first ten minutes were high volume, high just energy, uh, typical what you see from LFC. And then I feel like the game slowed down a little bit. That's what you get when it's the first game of the season. People don't realize uh, normal fitness is different than game fitness. You have to have a few games and 90 minutes under your belt to really see a full uh, product, you know, being showed out there. So it, it slowed down a little bit, but still I felt like LAFC had control for, you know, good sit for 60 minutes of the match. Um, once you go to up, up to nothing, you think it's over. And then all of a sudden a penalty and now Seattle has possession and they're kind of controlling the game. And uh, you know, LAFC did a good job of kind of sitting and, and uh, holding and not, Bending but not breaking, um, but but yeah, it's it's the first game, you know. Anytime you can win, win I think that's what seven uh, home openers, season openers for LAFC that are wins, not draws. It's impressive. It's definitely impressive, and they're just going to get better from this from that moment. Yeah, I agree. They're never going to lose a, an opener. It's <laughs> never. You heard it here. You won, and you won the first one. You won the first opener, yeah. and it's continued yeah. on. It, it's it really is remarkable. One day we will be disappointed when they lose it, but for the time being, let's just keep going. Yeah, uh, but uh, LAFC has been great. Uh, Beta, it's been great to chat with you. I know it was great to hear that you still ch- uh, text Carlos. I know you uh, you're tight with Jordan. We're going to have on here uh, next week as well. Uh, but it's there's a comforting feeling with you and you're always welcome here. By, by the way, if you ever pop at the stadium and you're going to get a huge reaction. So yeah. just, you know, I know the supporters love their history and they gravitate towards it. And that is certainly if you played a big part of that. Yeah, no, I definitely love going back. Even as uh, an opponent, man, the ovation that I get is still the greatest out of any of my past teams with LAFC. It feels like I'm playing for the club. Uh, the, the love and, affection that I feel from the fans, the 3252, it's like, man, you, you definitely miss those moments playing for them. So I, I do appreciate it every time uh, I do see that. They give me a warm up. And I know you miss having some Persian food with me down at the Persian Quarter. Uh, I mean, come when on. Going back? When are we going back? I miss it. <laughs> I'm, I haven't had dinner yet, man. I'm pretty hungry, so I could go for some of that right now. Stephen Betashore, great to chat with you. We'll talk again with you uh, throughout the season, but appreciate your time and taking us down memory lane, my friend. Always great to see you. Appreciate it. Stephen Betashore here on Inside LAFC Podcast. We will continue when we return. Uh, the head coach of LAFC, uh, Steve Chernolo, will talk to us looking back at the opener in Seattle and previewing the game against Real Salt Lake. Much more coming your way. We're back here on Inside LAFC podcast and wonderful to have the head coach of the Black and Gold join us now here, Steve Chirundolo. And Steve, you have the opening weekend, your third opening match day uh, as the top man here at LAFC. 
how exciting is it to get things under your belt after uh, the preseason? It's really exciting. It was great to see our fans again uh, back at uh, BMO and um, to feel the atmosphere again. That's something over the holidays and the offseason you really miss. And after five preseason matches, you're kind of uh, yearning and, and awaiting um, that atmosphere in the stadium. And I know our players were as well with our new jerseys. So uh, it was an exciting afternoon, uh, some good football, lots to uh, talk about, lots to be um, happy about, some room for improvement as well, but certainly uh, a great start. I, I believe it was after one of the Coachella games you said, uh, I feel that the team is a, a little further along based on a very short offseason of about six weeks. Seeing what you guys practiced and saw how you were able to uh, put those into effect on the field, how close to it is it to where you would like it to be considering it's an opening game? Um, it's hard to put numbers on that. But I think we are close. I think, um, you know, I think our roster is, is also quite thin. Um, a lot of young players this year had a, a lot of turnover. I think 15 players left the organization, which is uh, a crazy number in such a short amount of time. So um, considering all of that, I think we're, we're uh, as close as we possibly can be. Really, really excited and happy about the uh, coaching staff and obviously the addition with Enrique and how well everybody worked in, in a short amount of time uh, in an effective manner, not wasting any precious time on the training pitch. Uh, last year, we had a lot of games, but most of our training sessions were um, hampered by recovery. This year, it was a different situation, so we're able to work and prepare the players and to improve. Uh, fast game where we think we need help. So, been very happy with the work uh, so far. Um, but it's one week. We're by nowhere where we need to be, um, but we're getting close. And I'd say, uh, you know, with improvements in transition offensively, some improvements with our, our low block defending, uh, then we'll be right there where we need to be. You mentioned the turnover and a lot more players leaving than coming in, and that obviously affects uh, how you approach using these players in the game today. And you would lean into experience. Players, in this case, one of the new faces, which we'd like to touch on some of those guys that made uh, their LAFC debut, starting with Hugo Loris. And he obviously, it's not his first rodeo. He's been to games. It's a different atmosphere. It's a different location. But how much were you able to lean into him in his abilities to be not just a great goalkeeper, but as a leader? Um, there wasn't a whole lot of, of, of doing on my end. Um, just letting Hugo be Hugo is, is uh, maybe uh, uh, the best way to, to deal with players uh, of his stature and uh, with his experience and, and quality. Um, and he did a wonderful job of integrating himself on the team. His input from, from back to front is, is spot on. It's, it's knowledgeable. It's uh, it's accurate. His timing as well of when to communicate is awesome. And he's constantly helping the players and really acts as a, um, you know, a sense of calmness for the guys and gives them a load of confidence moving forward. So um, I couldn't be happier uh, with Hugo and uh, we're blessed to have him here at LAFC. Another one's not as new in the sense that he's been here before, Eduardo Atuesta. Just me personally, to see a guy into the starting 11 who joined the club not that long ago. He hasn't been there for obviously the entire preseason. Uh, but what were you able to see from him that allowed you to say he's going to be in this starting 11? And how would you uh, rate what he was able to provide for LAFC in match day one? All we needed to see was that, you know, Edward is um, you know, back to his uh, physical normal after his injury. 
um, and he'd already been back playing uh, uh, in Brazil. So that was all very comforting to see. And then now to confirm it here in LA, um, to see him move, to get him minutes in preseason. The football stuff um, is easy for him. He sees spaces. His, his football IQ is is incredible. And we knew adding him in our midfield would give us um, a, a lot more quality as far as building goes and creating chances in, in our passing and unlocking, unlocking teams' defenses from the middle of the park. Um, and again, all we needed to see was confirm uh, the physical stuff. And he's done that and he's getting even fitter with us and his uh, minutes will increase over time. And um, I think you saw a little bit of what he can do, but you're going to see a lot more moving forward. Uh, one of the, the all-time favorite fan favorites in LAFC history. I know a lot of folks excited to see him back. Omar Campos, the other new face to start in the 11, had the assist for the Timothy Tillman opening goal. Um, Comfort level you saw from him and what he was able to provide. Yeah, Timmy um, um, spent some time with the U.S. national team, had a shorter offseason than everybody else, so kind of had a, a kickstart to his preseason, and we saw that. We saw him come in really fresh, um, picked out where he left off last year, has been really good for us in the middle of the park. Um, um, a difference in his game this year, I think, than opposed to last year, is he's getting in the box more. And, uh, you know, uh, Ante's coaching with our midfielders and our attackers of getting in the box and running forward. It seems to be working, and Timmy has already found himself in scoring positions in every game we've had this year. And, uh, you know, he came up with a good finish against Seattle and uh, got us on the scoreboard first, which is, to our model and for our model, in incredibly important. Two young players uh, on the bench, David Martinez and uh, Tommy Angel. And I guess we could put Nate or Daz here because he obviously had a very uh, busy uh preseason with you guys what do you what do you want to see from the young players so they can help you in the width and breadth of this season the young attackers yeah. I should say and the first thing you want to see in our system from young attackers is mobility and, and energy um, and depth um, if we can have our players do, do that constantly be a nuisance to defenders putting them on their heels exposing them behind then we're doing a lot right and then these players will find a lot of playing time um, the other stuff uh, finishing, uh, finishing plays, capitalizing on mistakes from defenders, uh, intercepting passes, uh, how to press in a savvy but aggressive way. Those are all things that will grow over time. But the first thing we need to see is energy and um, uh, runs in behind from our younger attackers. Matty Bogus, by the way, i got to ask you, Steve, do you like the expression false nine? Um, no, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I, I don't. I'm not sure I use it. I hope I haven't used it at least. Um, does put a you know a, a negative uh, touch on the position, um, and everything about an attacker should be positive and uh, full of energy. So I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, I, and I try to describe uh, positions to players according to their positive attributes and not their negative ones. He looked, but well, I'm speaking of Matty Bogus. He looked very comfortable as a nine, and you obviously Danny Buanga and. Kiko Oliveira, uh, they looked consistently dangerous. How have you seen what they were able to do and combine really in that role as that trio for the first time? Yeah, I think um, we, we've known Maddie since since coming to LFC. We knew he could play as an attacker, and um, he's sort of a tweener. He's in between midfield and attack, and that's exactly why he fits into our model. He can play in multiple positions, and he interprets each position in an attacking way, and he makes it his own. And uh, we're very, very happy with him um, here at LAFC and what he's done for us so far. And uh, preseason, we had him there, and 
Um, it takes some getting used to, and I think the more Maddie was able to stretch defenses, make runs in behind, the better he is for us, the more dangerous he looks, the more dangerous uh, he is for the group, and um, he'll get himself in scoring positions where we need Maddie to be in. And how he scored his goal in the second half of getting in those wide positions or getting uh, in windows and getting him the ball to his feet uh, is a really big problem for defenses, and uh, we're looking to do much more of that. Happy with the vertical game that Denny and uh, Christian were able to provide? Um, yes, I still think there's room for an improvement, uh, but we're those two are on the field for verticality, and those are their biggest attributes. And I still think uh, both had good games, but um, certainly uh, not their best games and room for improvement. So for me as a coach, uh, really a perfect uh, day one result. You get the win, you get the points, but uh, the players did not play fantastically. They, they played well but not good enough yet where we can uh, take a couple of days off. And you won't. And you have match day two. You get a road trip to Salt Lake. It's something that you get to enjoy the mountain air. I know we always talk about the altitude, but LAFC has had a lot of success when they've gone up there and play. Uh, what, how do you want this team to prepare for that first road trip and keep that momentum going from match day one? Yeah, by staying hungry and sticking to our way of football and uh, not backing up, uh, being the aggressor, but also making good decisions, not just running – to run, but also to run to to win the ball in a realistic way uh, in order to take advantage of, of teams uh, who spread out one building. And I think um, anywhere we go in a game we play, we want to win. So we're going there to win. And that attitude and, and staying hungry is uh, very important for us, uh, even though it's only match day two. Steve, I wanted to get you on episode 100 of the podcast I did get you here on episode 101, which is going to be a very special one anytime you're on. So I appreciate your time. Who uh, who got the 100th? Thorrington. He, he hard-armed oh, you. And I fought, I fought for you. Thorrington said, I got to get in there. You know, you know, it's going to stand the test of time. But I'm a big believer, 101, you know, 101 Dalmatians. It's a very special number, too. Good choice. <laughs> Good luck. Enjoy the match day, too. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again, Steve. Thanks, Max. Inside LAFC Podcast, hope you enjoyed. We're off and running. We'll have episode 102 as well coming up next week, and we'll have the recap of RSL, and we'll get ready for the, the beginning of the spring campaign for LAFC. Rate, review, download, subscribe, tell a friend of the podcast. We'll join you again next time.